Listening to the Coffee Hour, I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Thanks to Concordia University Wisconsin for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live uncommon. We have more time in studio with missionaries, and we are looking forward to learning about our friends who serve internationally. Joining us today, we have the Hanson family. We have the Reverend Carl. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. And we also have Jen Shi. Hello. Hello. And Lydia. Hi. <laughs> Lydia, is this your first radio interview? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. A little, maybe a little nervous. No, not at all. Okay. Very good. Well, we are so excited to have some time with the Hanson family and learn about where the Lord has given you to serve. Tell us, Pastor, where are you serving? Last time we talked, you were in Asia, but I think you're getting ready to make a move. So now yes, where are you serving? We were moving from Hong Kong and now we live in Seoul, South Korea. Wow. That's a little bit of a difference. Yeah, a little bit of a difference. 7 million people to 25 million people. So, so a little, a little different. Slight difference. <laughs> what is the focus of the your service there? I'm the pastor at International Lutheran Church. And you can, if you just Google International Lutheran, you'll, our website will come right up. So. So what does that look like for you? What is, who are the congregation members of that church yeah, that you serve? question, yeah. Most of our members come from all kinds of different backgrounds, different nationalities, and just a really cool international mix. Most of them, there are maybe 50% of the congregation are actually Korean, but had maybe lived overseas. But the other portion is a mixture of educators, business people, retired military, some active duty. But we started, actually, this ministry began over 60 years ago as a Lutheran servicemen center hmm. and transitioned into an international church in the 70s and 80s and continues to grow. And we have great opportunities to share the love of Jesus in the lives of people. What does serving in an international congregation like this look like in comparison, if you were to compare it to serving in a congregation here in the States? Yeah, I think there you'd be surprised at how similar it is. Little kids coming up during the right before the sermon to hear a children's message, beautiful organ music that we have by our organist, amazing musicians that play trumpets for us from the Korean Philharmonic. It's a very wow. neat place to be. <laughs> Just like here. Just this like here. <laughs> but what's maybe different about it is we have a, a lot of people that are in transition. They're maybe only there for two, three, four years. Mm -hmm. It's not untypical. So maybe since the time we went in 2019, we've seen at least maybe half the congregation turn over in terms of They've come and gone, you know, and well, that's kind of a different way to look at ministry, too, because we we know they're going somewhere next mm -hmm. and how to prepare them for that and have them maybe experience something they never thought about before. Mm -hmm. So our, since this is an international congregation, what language is so worship? Our, our main primary language is English mm -hmm. and all our activities, service is all in English. Most of the people, I would say, are really quite fluent in English. There are some that are still learning, and but they 
maybe join for the music or the children's ministry or a lot of different reasons. So. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned all of that transition. What does that look like then for you in that ministry? How do how do you work through that when you know that there's going to be that much transition with people? You mentioned knowing that they're going to be moving on. What does that look like for you then as as pastor to them? Well, first of all, kind of understanding where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a, a big piece of it. A lot of people come through our doors for a lot of different reasons. Maybe they're missing American culture. And they see, oh, you're an international community, and they want to, what is that like? And we can be a place where they may hear the gospel for the very first time. So a lot of what I do is just catechism classes, helping people understand what is the Christian faith, and what does it mean that Jesus forgives our sins, and how does that play out in our everyday lives? The other aspect is sometimes we come, people come through our doors, they're lifelong Lutherans and and are really looking for singing the hymns that they're familiar with. Mm-hmm. And that's a really beautiful thing. We have a number of, of young people that grew up as LCMS pastors' children. And hey, if you're out there and you're in Seoul, South Korea, come and visit us at International Lutheran Church because you, we have a place for you. We have a lot of young people that gather at the church and make relationships. Seoul is a big place. Sometimes you feel kind of isolated and it can be a home too. You mentioned a lot of people from around the globe have landed in Seoul. What's the big draw? What What are the industries or, or why are there many people coming to oh, Seoul? I think the pandemic did great things for, for Korea and Korean culture. A lot of people got hooked on K-drama and K-pop <laughs> and just, yeah, there's a lot of people that come, they want to experience that. Also, a lot of people come for a reconnect. Some people that maybe they were adopted as children to the United States and they're coming back for the first time to find birth parents and that kind of thing. And we can be a place for people to connect, you know. Mm-hmm. Now you mentioned pandemic. You guys moved in 2019. Yes, <laughs> right before, right before. I guess not right before, but but pretty shortly before pandemic started worldwide. What was first? What was that move like for you? Where where did you come from? And what was that transition like for you guys as a family? Also, <laughs> yeah. Well, we had been living in in Hong Kong for 14 years, mm-hmm. and a lot of my ministry in Hong Kong was supporting missionaries, partner churches, partner schools, international humanitarian work throughout Asia, China, Taiwan, Hong Kong, the Philippines, traveling almost every week for for that 14 years. So the big change for us as a family and moving to Seoul is now I'm pastor at International Lutheran Church. I'm not traveling at all. Oh, yeah. And that was a big change for us, but it was really good. It was neat to be able to, and important during the pandemic when nobody could travel. Yeah. And we were, you know, right there. I think the, the amazing thing is that the pandemic hit in Korea, probably the first place internationally outside of China. Mm-hmm. And... We had the service for Transfiguration on Sunday, and Wednesday was supposed to be our Ash Wednesday in-person service, and Lydia helped me put together an iPhone version of the service (laughs) that we then 
sent out on a YouTube channel to our members because suddenly they couldn't meet for services. Yeah. And that lasted for some time until we could again have in-person services. So before that, the church didn't have any online service or streaming or anything like that. So it really pushed us into a different age. And that was kind of, that was pretty exciting. And it gave us an opportunity to also care for the people that live quite a ways from the current, from the church. You know, Seoul is a big place. Some some of our members are coming from an hour to two hours away wow. for services. And the ones that came from even further, three, they may only attend once a month or something. But this made that possible for them to have something to use at home and right there every Sunday. So, so you mentioned you had been in Taiwan for 14 years. Is that right? In Taiwan for eight years, eight years. and then for in Hong Kong, 14 years. Hong Kong. Okay, so... <laughs> You've been serving for quite some time. And so Taiwan, Hong Kong, now South Korea. Let's talk about family life and making (laughs) that move. So what was, so there was a move from Taiwan to Hong Kong, correct? Yes. What was that move like? So that was almost 20 years ago. Right. right, right. And not only that, I was, I am a, a native Taiwanese. Mm-hmm. So moving from Taiwan to Hong Kong is also kind of like for me to move out of my home country to another place. But at that time, my children were still very little. They adjusted very well. <laughs> and for me, I feel uh, Taiwan and Hong Kong, we share very similar culture. So at that time, we didn't feel like a big change. And the church that we moved into in Hong Kong was very welcoming. So basically, we did not face too much of a big difference. I think the big difference was from Hong Kong move to South Korea. We are facing different changes in different languages. And also the culture, there is a big difference in the two places. And... But because pandemic hit right after six months after our move, we were able to focus a lot of times into the reflection of our move within our own family. And for that move, my children, one, did not move with us because she was already in the States studying in a college. And then only two of them, the younger two daughters, moved with us to South Korea. But they were one is a teenager, one is going to be a teenager, so that they face a little bit more challenges on trying to find self-identities and try to find where home is. Mm-hmm. And so because it's very much kind of uprooted from their their upgrowing culture into mm-hmm. another one. And so they are very typical third culture children. Mm-hmm. And so in that way, pandemic hit and we were able to spend a lot of time at home talking about reflecting on the move and spend a lot of time doing family hiking and experience the spring, the very first spring in Seoul and Mm -hmm. to see that beautiful creation that God has provided. And so it was it was beautiful. And so it was a great time. Pandemic did have blessings, maybe not in the way that we were expecting to see blessings out of a, a terrible global pandemic, but there there were things that about it that, that definitely 
forced us to see things in a new way and, and really built those relationships. Now, Lydia, you made this move to South Korea. Your mom's talking about finding culture, understanding what it is to be a third culture kid. What was that move like for you? What are some things that you enjoy about now living in South Korea? When I first got to Korea, I didn't really care that much <laughs> because it was like a new place for me that I could find new friends and stuff. Mm -hmm. But it started to hit me during the Christmas we moved because then I wouldn't be with like all my other friends. So I was kind of sad about that. Mm -hmm. But then I found a great group of friends within my school and they're also like international kids. Mm -hmm. So we got to hang out a lot and that was really fun. And also like what my parents said about the pandemic, I got to spend more time with family. So that was fun. We are talking with the Hansen family, learning about the, their service in South Korea. We'll continue the conversation in just a moment. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason, to use your God-given gifts to help others. To live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world. To live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live uncommon. Welcome back to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We're talking with the Hanson family serving the Lord in South Korea. So we've been talking about the transition from Hong Kong to South Korea and what that was like. What about, so you live in, it sounds like a, a very international area. What have you found to be, you know, getting to know your neighbors? Who are your neighbors? What have you learned about the, the community in, in which you live, Jinshi? Our community is very diverse, and most of the people living around us, we are in a very big street, so it's not a residential area. So our neighbors are like the showrooms of BMW cars <laughs> and the Mercedes, Mercedes fans in the other. And yeah. across the street from us is a musical theater. Oh. So then you have, we... You have to mention the fact that about six months ago, the president of South Korea moved in to just about 500 meters from the, from the church. Oh. So we add into security yeah. bus and the security people in our neighborhood. So all these different kinds of neighborhood... <laughs> A lot of times we have to take the initiative to get to know people. Mm -hmm. We have to go out or call our our members in order to make have a coffee time with them. Because most of the people who have to spend one and a half hours door to door in order to come to the church. So it's not something they would do often mm -hmm. besides Sunday that they have set it aside to do that. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times we make efforts to go to see others. So it's not just baking a pie to bring it to the next door neighbor, yeah. but we do make that initiative. And then I also go out to visit 
my daughter's school, and every Tuesday morning we have mothers in prayer group, and so we pray for our children together. We pray for the school together, and then we write a card to the teachers that we have been praying for, and to tell them that we have been praying for you this morning. So it's also a way for us to show our love to that community, and just mm. have to. Make it an opportunity for ourselves because otherwise it's the car showrooms. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's definitely a, a different neighborhood feel <laughs> than than a nice residential street with lots of people everywhere. So that that is an, an interesting thing to have to to make that extra extra effort to meet the people around you and and to do those things. What is that? What has the culture shift been like? What are some things that you've learned about Korean culture since you've moved there? Maybe things you didn't know before moving to Korea? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, for 15 years I had, when we moved, we lived in Taiwan still, and then the 14 years in in Hong Kong, I would visit Korea at least once, sometimes twice a year. But moving there, you really get a sense of the unique and deep cultural identity that the Korean population has, especially as it's kind of sandwiched to, between two, two big superpowers, Japan mm-hmm. and, and China, and their own kind of struggle to be who they are, not dominated by a different culture, but be their own culture. And so, and I would say, you know, they really have developed some amazing, unique things in themselves, a real love for the arts, drama, and music, obviously, is very big for Korean culture. But, you know, kimchi, I mean, you can't have a Korean meal without <laughs> eating kimchi. And we think about kimchi maybe as only cabbage, but it's there's so many different kinds that are really, I mean, really amazingly delicious. So he understands yeah. I was me. Say, I know the follow-up question is coming. <laughs> because I always ask questions about food when we're talking about our friends serving internationally. All right, so you brought up kimchi, oh. and there are many varieties of kimchi. Oh, I was yeah. not aware. Yeah, yeah. Enlighten me. What yeah. are the varieties of kimchi? Oh, you can have the a daikon radish. You can have the traditional green leaves, yeah. green leaves cabbage. And then also traditional, the white leaves, cabbage, and you can have all kinds. Lydia has more experience probably. <laughs> she was just whispering there. There's also like summer cabbage, I think, like summer kimchi and yeah. for different seasons. Do you have a favorite or is kimchi not even on your list of things you like? What's your favorite? Yeah. Like What's that? Wait, what is that? It's like rice cake, like rice cake noodles with spicy sauce and like it's kind of seafoody but not really it's really good you'd probably really like it mm-hmm. got me at rice cake noodles mm-hmm. with seafood <laughs> <laughs> other favorites that you've discovered in korean cuisine the korean barbecue probably oh, is one oh. of the cuisine that a lot of people know. Yeah. But sometimes we like to joke about it because it depends on the restaurants that you go to they usually has a big kind of a cooking stove right on the top of the table to cook. Sometimes that waiter or waitress will come over and cook for you. Sometimes you have to do the labor yourself. So then we'll say, I already pay so much, but then I still have to cook for myself. (laughs) Uh, But it's really fun. It's really fun. And so it's just 
it's a cuisine that is full of very different spices all mixed into the food itself.、Mm-hmm. And once you taste Korean food and you get hooked down to it, that you just feel like other food can be a little bit too bland. <laughs> Do you have a, a favorite? Korean dish, Mr.、Um, Hanson. I'm just trying to think. That shaved ice is really nice in the summer. Uh huh. I was going to ask about desserts. So, there's are there special、oh, yeah. Korean desserts that、uh, you guys like? A kind of a, another kind of rice cake that's kind of covered with sugary, what, like sugar powder and on top of sweet red beans and shaved ice. Oh, man. Making me hungry. <laughs> I'm just looking up the, <laughs> the place I go for dessert. Andy is now lost in a Google rabbit hole looking up food. So, anyway, what else, what else is unique about life in Korea? You mentioned going to, to your daughter's school. Lydia, where do you attend school in Korea? I go to Seoul Foreign School. So, it's an international school with 1,500 kids. Yeah, 1,500 kids. Oh, wow. What grade are you? In. I'm going to go into freshman year. Oh, very exciting. What is school like for you? You've been there, a f- you've been in Korea a few years now. What does school look like for you on a daily, day to day basis? Well, you, I wake up and then I go to school. And then. <laughs> What time do you go to school? Oh, like 6 40. That's early. Yeah. It takes around an hour to get to school. So I'll normally get there around 7 20, and、mm-hmm. then I'll hang out with friends, and then I'll go to my first class. And then it's an eight day, eight block day. So I finish around 3 05, and then I'll hang out with friends more, and then I'll go home. You mentioned it takes about an hour to get to school. What does transportation look like in Seoul? What are your transportation options? Well, you have subways and buses and taxis. Korea is really interesting because within a span of like 15 to 30 minutes, you don't have to pay for your next transportation.、Hmm. So, like, if you go on the train first and then you'll pay that fee, and then when you get on the bus, you won't have to pay any fee after, like, in between 15 and 30 minutes. So, and they have different transportation cards for. Adults, teenagers, students, and kids. And yeah, so you don't have to pay that much. It's around $1.50. We have just a, a couple of minutes left. What's the outlook for the, for the ministry that you're given to serve? What are some things to, to be looking forward to in the year ahead? Well, we're, we're just excited that we're beginning to see. What the whole year without COVID and without pandemic rules means for our ministry. Just as we were leaving to come back on our home service, we had a sending service for members that were moving away, or we even had one of our members now studying at the seminary. I hope you can interview them. That's、oh, wow. Justin Hilton and Grace, and they have an amazing story. But At right the following week, here were four families that were returning, former members of the congregation, and they were back for the summer to visit family members or just to reconnect with friends. So we're just looking forward to as we return after our home service to 
see more of the life and the ministry that's possible there in Seoul, South Korea. Very good. How can we stay informed on the Lord's work you in South Korea? You can find us on, the, on the, our website and through the LCMS mission page. Very good. LCMS.org slash Hansen is one way to find, and and, and you can find out more information and, and contact information as, as well there. Thank you so much to the Hansen family for joining us today. Jen Shi, thank you for joining us. Thank you. It's our honor. And Pastor Carl. Thank you. And Lydia, thanks so much. Thank you. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support The Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere.